Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Sean and Dave Make Music. Today we've got our good friend Ben DePet in the studio. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Sean. Hey, Dave. Thank hey. you for having me, guys. You're welcome. You're another uh, fellow Westchester alumni. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, we're happy to have you. We just made some music in a bunch of different styles. You're a multiple threat. Uh, I guess you could say that. Uh, <laughs> You're pretty good at a bunch of stuff. <laughs> uh, jack of many trades, master of a, a few of them, probably. Totally. You know, a few of them. <laughs> if you but. can't hear by uh, Ben's rich, velvety voice, that <laughs> is, is it, his main instrument. Is it velvety? Oh, it's so vel. I mean, <laughs> is there anything like more rich and luxurious than velvet? What, like, I, I don't know. I don't think I found it yet. Velvet that's just really extra thick and and voluminous. Velvet that's been coated in velvet cheese, maybe. Mm. That might be hard. I could go there. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, well, I could go there. But yeah. anyway, it's it's wonderful to be here with you guys. Um, always love and appearing on podcasts with you. You're one of my favorite podcast guests. <laughs> he uh, Ben has also been featured on uh, a few of the Not movies. So if you want to hear more of his voice in a sillier context than this, yeah, today's a little more, a little more chill, a little more serious. Yeah, yeah, this is business. Oh, we yeah. get down to business <laughs> mm-hmm. on Sean and Dave make music. This, we don't play around. I feel intimidated when I come here for Sean and Dave makes music because you know I'm like there's a there's a pedigree here am i am i up to snuff to be on this show we'll let the listeners decide and yes just please please don't right judge in. me too harshly if you have, have a if you have any complaints about uh, you know the caliber of guest you feel we've gotten on this on this episode please please let us know yes please let we'll, me know. We'll pass all your negative <laughs> feedback on to Ben. That's what I feed off of, you know. So if I don't get revived in some way by that, I might not make it through the next week. So yeah, it keeps him going. Mm-hmm. All right. So you uh, you have an agenda here. What's what? Do you, what did you come here to talk about with us? Today? I do have an agenda because, um, well, just to get right into it, uh, we all. Well, me and Sean did for a little bit. I'm not sure about you, Dave, but I was a music education major, and I am a current music teacher in Pennsylvania. Um, I teach at Pottstown High School, and I am currently the choral director there. And just this past Thursday night, um, a situation in our school district came to a head where they were actually talking about uh, cutting back on the number of music positions that they were going to maintain in the school district um so basically not cutting the program completely or anything like that but just uh more erosion of the arts in public schools and and having fewer teachers take on more duties more duties and cut in, some things yes probably. um yeah. lose certain programs that could benefit students um at the end of the day it was more responsibilities for fewer teachers which is a common theme regardless of what you teach regardless of if you're a music teacher an art teacher you teach one of the core subjects um that's an increasing trend in education and um in addition to that just again just having fewer music teachers in the district fewer opportunities for and students. they have that option to to threaten you with because like unlike some other subjects are your degree is super broad and so t- tell the listeners who may not know, what are you qualified to teach in Pennsylvania? So right now, in, <laughs> anything in music, right? In Pennsylvania, anything in music. A Pennsylvania 
certification for K-12 music covers uh, elementary, middle, and secondary general music classes. Um, it covers vocals, uh, leading a choir, for instance. It covers um, all instruments in the band and orchestra, so you're also qualified to be a band director or an orchestra director so many different areas running musicals running musicals running orchestras for musicals mm -hmm. and yeah. of course then teaching everything piano, piano yeah. music piano guitar uh music appreciation music theory uh we even have uh, music technology and recording uh, music production programs at school so i teach all of those different areas and um and you just need to be better than the students at everything. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you only bit. stay, you know, maybe two or three weeks ahead of where they are. But it, that probably doesn't happen too often. Uh, a lot gets thrown your way sometimes, for sure. A lot of things get tossed at you. And, and most musicians who are listening will know that if you were a music ed major in college, if you were one of, one of us, that despite the broad certification you have a specialty area. You have something that you want to specialize in. And it was extremely disheartening because one of the options that was on the table was I, I would have basically been moved to being the band director at my school instead of the choir director. Qualified to do it. Participated with Sean and Westchester's marching band back Go in the day. Rams. Yeah, Go Golden, Golden Rams. Incomparable <laughs> Golden Rams marching band. Um, so they would have moved me over there and while I would have been able to do it and I would have enjoyed it, it's not my preferred specialization. So you start getting into that area too, where people getting shifted around, people are getting moved and it's just, it's, it's such a drastically different position. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's just to a, just move you based on a, a money decision is insane. A like, big change. And that's, and that's what it's really comes down to. Um, the administration at my school is incredibly supportive of the arts and has been i don't know just been an integral part of the arts program in our district the problem is um that we are so underfunded that we are at the point that we're looking at not just music programs being reduced in size um art programs as well looking at reductions in uh, librarians in the school district on top of that those were three of the areas that were looked at as far as what could be removed from our budget so Pottstown is one of a few districts in Pennsylvania that has these gigantic funding gaps between rich areas and poor areas and that really is the heart of the problem as far as what's going on with schools in Pennsylvania and I'm here as as a musician because I wanted to make music with you guys and being a teacher you don't get to get out much and make music with professionals and i would say i'm certainly the one that's outclassed in this room for sure um, i think you held your own yeah. extremely well, well today. Uh, that's that's a subjective <laughs> opinion but um you know you're used to being the instructor and you're used to being the uh the the one in the room that kind of yeah the expert the one that brings it all together so it's nice to not have to stop every five seconds and go oh, hold on let's let's go back let's look at this let's fix this up let's change that it's nice to be able to just perform some music which i haven't done in a while um but re regardless of that uh, i'm here because um, there are a couple things i want the listeners to know especially if you're local especially if you're living in pennsylvania um i know that uh, we've really 
sort of um or should i say you've really sort of made the rounds as far as our network is concerned people that living in and around pa people that went to schools in pennsylvania um that might be able to help be advocates for the arts in public education as well and it's like i'm at a loss you're talking you know you're talking about these budget gaps and how would i know anything to do to how to help i don't know well okay. then bring you on and ask and and that's <laughs> and that's what i want you guys to know like you know um there are certain challenges that we have uh, specific to the state of Pennsylvania that people may or may not know about. Um, and there's a lot on the line as far as the undermining of public education in general, not just even the erosion of music programs, which is a symptom of the main disease, which is the erosion of public education. Um, and especially one of the buzzwords that you've probably heard school choice mm. out there is another big one that is really currently hurting a lot of districts in Pennsylvania right so now. So that's main, you feel like that's kind of the main overarching if issue, the shift of, you know, they're trying to funnel... Public dollars into private, into entities. private entities. Yes, absolutely. For our first track today, we've got a little up-tempo blues form that we did at our session. We recorded this as a trio all together with Ben on alto sax, Dave on djembe, and me on banjo ukulele. Then Ben overdubbed vocals, and I added some washboard, bass drum, and hi-hats. And we're going to go ahead and call this one the School Choice Blues. kind of what the main solution needs to be i mean uh, there's only so much that that can go around right well, i mean let, you, are you proposing cutting other things instead of music or we just need to fix the whole system let me talk about the system in pennsylvania and how we got to the point 
that we are at currently. So sure. for instance, again, I, I teach in Pottstown, but it's affecting other communities in Pennsylvania, like Norristown, like William Penn School District, like Upper Darby School District. Um, it's affecting uh, the city of Lancaster's school district. Um, correlating usually with places with a higher population of people of color um it's almost uh right down the line if you have a higher population of people of color your school will more than likely be underfunded in pennsylvania so for instance in Pottstown right now um, we are underfunded by 13 million dollars per year oh by the God. state of pennsylvania um when compared with the richest school districts in PA, we receive, or we have... Which are what, half an hour away from you? Half an hour away from me, yeah. Um, we're actually, right now where we are sitting recording this, we're about 15, 20 minutes away from one of the top 10 richest school districts in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, compared to them, we are underfunded by an average of $4,000 per student per year. Um, and when you take into even just a statewide average, we're still $1,000 less per student per year in our district. Our community has the fifth highest tax effort in PA, which basically means we may not be paying the most dollar-wise, but percentage-wise mm -hmm. of property tax values, which is how schools are funded in Pennsylvania, is um, we are paying the most from the least basically um like um like a lot of towns in pennsylvania Pottstown was previously industrial had a lot of businesses had a very very good tax base um, when those businesses left and a lot of workers left with them we ended up with a smaller population in our town we ended up with higher unemployment um, and we ended up with, we basically have a community that's not being invested in by businesses, a community that's not being invested in right now, and a community that also has a high population, people of color, high population of people living below the poverty line. Um, and in Pennsylvania, we are 46th out of 50 as far as the share of state funding or the funding gap between rich and poor school districts. Wow. We are 46th in the nation as far as the difference between funding poor schools, or should we say schools in poor zip codes, and funding schools in rich zip codes. Um, and there's a couple, basically a couple things that go into that. Um, the first is simply that Pennsylvania has a fair funding formula for schools that takes into account a number of things. It takes into account demographic, poverty rates, attendance rates at the schools, and is fair to those districts like Pottstown that need additional funding. Um, but I believe right now uh, the rate of funds is only 7.5% of all educational funds is run through that formula. So the vast majority of just the money in public education is handed out unfairly. By whom? By whom? By the state legislature, mostly due to a provision um, in the laws called hold harmless. What hold harmless says is if we fund your school district at a certain level, regardless of what happens, we will always continue to fund you at that level. There are school districts elsewhere in Pennsylvania that have experienced drastically declined populations that still receive the same amount of funding. Okay. So their funding on a per pupil basis goes up 
radically. Fewer students to educate, but they're still getting the same amount of money that they were getting before. And since we live in uh, basically a town that is high in poverty and low in investment, the amount that we could stand to benefit would be, it'd really be immeasurable as far as how it would impact the students in our school district while not necessarily hurting other districts. It's not necessarily something that says we're going to come in and we're going to cut all the funding from rich school districts and take away all your money. What it's going to say is we're going to look at, hey, you guys lost a thousand students in the last 10 years. You don't need quite as much state funding if you're educating a thousand fewer students. And right now, um, what we're looking at is House Bill in Pennsylvania for you political types, House Bill 961, which is a full implementation of the FAIR funding formula for, 100 for, of for a, all education wow. dollars Sweet. in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Um, and it, again, taking into account district-specific factors such as tax base, enrollment, poverty rate. And it was designed to drive the most dollars to districts with the greatest challenges. Um, and that's something that has to be basically out of the education committee and put before the House to be voted on so that we can get sorely needed funding that would be huge. in Pennsylvania. It, yeah. would be, it would be gigantic. Um, and there are... There are actually many more things on this list. Do you mind if I keep going no, and go really just go yeah, down go. my go down my sheet? Yeah. Fair funding formula is a huge part of what's going on in public education in PA, um, especially in our town. With everything that I've said, um, we we need the funding. Um, another thing that comes from the state or unfunded mandates basically the state department of education saying you must provide x y or z special services to students in your school district um but we are only going to give you a portion of that so for instance um in our school district our special education expenses that are in law that we must spend is 5.9 million dollars our subsidy from the state to pay for those special education services is $2.8 million. But that's not as high. That's not nearly as high. <laughs> but the state says we must do this, and they're not giving us funding that we need to implement that. Um, in addition to additional special education tuition expenses, almost $4 million for outside placements. So if a student um, is incapable of participating or functioning in the school environment, they have to be placed in somewhere that can provide services that they need. That's something that the home school district is still liable for. Um, Interesting. But that wouldn't be a problem if it weren't for the next thing on my list that is plaguing education in Pennsylvania. Um, right now we're looking at charter schools. And we're talking about charter school reform in PA. And school choice, again, that buzzword that comes out. Um, now, can you pause for just a second and yes. explain to our listeners what a charter school is and the difference between a charter school and a private school? Because I know it's it's murky. It's very murky. A charter school is essentially a school that goes to the state and proposes, hey, we have our charter. We have our vision for educating students differently from a public school and we would like to implement this new educational plan in our own setting apart from the public schools while still being funded by the state 
So while a private school could open up and they could say, we are, you know, Sean Arajo University <laughs> and everybody's going to take flute class and you're going to pay me $75,000 a year in tuition to go here. The charter school is a quasi public entity. So they take public dollars in. However, they are often operated by for-profit corporations. So it's a funneling of public money from the public and taking it out of public education and putting it into private investors' hands. And I would expect that there's less oversight and less accountability for where those funds go and they can get fun funnel as much of it up to the top as they want did or... you do any reading on this before no no just, i live in america for 20 for 32 years <laughs> well so you would be correct sir because the charter school act in pennsylvania exempts charters from many of the state's regulatory statutory requirements and creates an uneven playing field that is not transparent is not accountable and is not high performing public money pays the entirety of per student funding and charter schools provide basically less services for more money and operate for profit um so it's a very awful it's a very twisted system um for instance from one of our committee meetings from our own school district the other night um, one of the figures that was brought up was in montgomery county the county where i teach um there was not one cyber charters and cyber charter schools are a division of charter schools which are arguably the most popular basically where a student does online coursework rather than attending a brick and mortar school um cyber charters there was not a single cyber charter that performed better than a brick and mortar public school in montgomery county rank every school in montgomery county and there will not be a cyber charter that surpasses the performance of a brick-and-mortar public school. How is that evaluated? Is it on, like, the state testing level that, that they there all do are, that? or just There are a number of factors okay. that go into basically a school's attainment profile. And um, standardized testing is one part of that. Graduation rates are another part. Attendance, et cetera, et cetera. There's a new system we use called the future ready index in pennsylvania if anybody's um interested in looking up all of the different categories on the future ready index um you could find all the criteria that public schools are evaluated by um although not all of those things might apply to a charter school for instance a charter school might have the ability to say um, no, we're not going to accept a student that has a learning disability or who may need additional services. The charter school has the ability to say, I'm sorry, we cannot provide those services and essentially exclude that child from gotcha. an education. Um, and right now, the estimate that has come out from some sources is Pennsylvanians are overpaying about $250 million per year of state money into charter schools. If reform were enacted, $250 million is what could be saved. Um, so, for instance, right now, annually, Pottstown School District pays $2.9 million. Our total budget is only about $63 million. So out of $63 million, we're paying $2.9 million of our budget to educate 200 students. <laughs> 200 students, and, and work out the math, about ten k per student um, that we are paying to cyber charter schools, and they are 
below us in every single yeah. metric. $3 million per year basically coming directly out. If we didn't have to pay for cyber charter schools, we would never have had to have a discussion about what programs to cut. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we might have been able to go back to staffing levels in our music department that we had circa 2005 um, because we're actually down one music teacher as it is. So wow. they wanted to take us down, basically. What are the what are the population numbers in the or the of the school <clears throat> since two thousand five, which was when we graduated? Are they, yeah, are they about the same? They're about the same. They've declined slightly, um, but our funding has not been adjusted, and we've been underfunded for quite some time because over the past thirteen years, po property values have declined and declined and declined, and it has put a gigantic squeeze on taxpayers. In our town, there have been senior citizens that have lost their homes because they weren't able to pay the property taxes because the state is not giving us relief that we need. So for anybody, again, who is politically minded, it comes down to the laws in Pennsylvania. And there are two currently um, that I would urge you to contact your congressman about. Uh, Senate Bill 34 and House Bill 526 are currently the... Um, amendments to the cyber charter programs that would basically say if a school operates its own cyber cyber school so for instance our school district we have our own homebound instruction and we have our own cyber programs that are administered by the district whereas we're paying about a little over ten thousand dollars per student for a cyber charter school we administer that program for a little under four thousand dollars per mm -hmm. student and those bills would basically say if your school district offers a cyber charter program you can absolutely do that 100 percent for free if you would like to attend a different charter school then you will simply have to pay a tuition in the exact same way that if a public school student who lived within the borough of Pottstown wanted to attend a neighboring district, they would be required to pay the tuition to the neighboring district. So there's just a whole bunch of wacky laws around charter schools. They're not accountable. They don't perform. We pay for them out of public money, but it goes to for-profit corporations. They don't have to serve the diverse and unique populations that public schools must, and it's a continual attack on public education. Um, so that at some point, somebody can point to public ed and say, look how much it's failing my kids. And that's actually what's happening now in politics. It's mm. a lot of politicians are saying, look at how these, look at how these uh, institutions are floundering. Public education is failing. Students need right. the ability to make a choice. Of course, they're floundering and failing when you're removing funding from that school for Snake, decades, snake yeah. Oil, yeah. decades <laughs> to pay for snake oil basically you know the lowest graduation rates of any schools out there next up we've got a song that we all worked on together at least the music for i was on drums for this one ben played keyboard and dave played bass then ben daringly went back and improvised the vocals we let him do two takes and we ended up using the second one in its entirety and then uh, at the very end i added some guitar and tambourine as the finishing touches I want to sleep, I want to nap, I want to lay down and never come back. I want to 
fall right into bed I'd like to put that little pillow right beneath my head I just want to sleep I just want to sleep I want some weekend time When I can get up on my years old, no one told me it would be this tired all the time, man, it sucks to be me. listeners out there who are passionate about music which i'm assuming a lot of them are if they're listening to a podcast called sean and dave make music um you need to contact your legislators in pennsylvania and let them know that um it's rough out there and children are losing opportunities and my personal story that i was uh, thankfully able to share and i do share it with a lot of my kids but i was also able to share it with administration at the school when we were discussing these cuts was that um my uh, my home life was not great growing up. Um, there were substance abuse issues in my home. My dad was a heroin addict. Mm. Um, and it made life a little tough, you know, living with my best friend, Dave, not the, not the Dave that's in the room with us right now, but a different Dave um, for a while. Or living in a motel for a while or, you know, getting a house foreclosed on and, you know, maybe having to sleep in the car at night. Um, that's not a situation that breeds positivity in a young person. And I went to Pottstown High School. I'm an alumni of the school that I teach at. And I credit especially my music teachers at that school with helping me stay on a path to success, to achievement. Um, in addition, I never would have been Sean's classmate and Dave's classmate at Westchester if it weren't for 
Pottstown School District, they have a fund that pays 100% tuition for a qualifying music student to go to school. So music was my passion. Music was my life. It paid for my college. It, it kept me out of trouble to use the old cliche, you know? Um, and, and it's the reason I'm a successful adult today and, and not a random bum somewhere. So the thought of, the thought of not giving that to students that are coming up who have even greater needs and face even greater challenges than I did growing up is just really unconscionable to me that we would think about that. So the leaders in Pennsylvania, if any of you are listening to Sean and Dave make music right now, you got to do the right thing. You got to vote on these bills and you got to make sure that our public schools are funded adequately. That's uh, yeah. Well said. It's rough out there. Snaps. Yeah. It's rough out there on the ground, but um and I you think, know. yeah, I, and I think, you know, that, that personal connection and sort of mentorship that, that often happens with students in the music program is something that people don't think about. But that's, you're right, that's such a huge part of your job, I, I feel like. I, I don't even. <laughs> More totally. so than teaching sometimes. Some, uh, we as teachers wear many hats, um, but especially as a music teacher, like, students have joked that, like, my choir office is, like, the therapy office sometimes uh -huh. <laughs> and you come in there and i've had students come in and yell and i've had students come in they just want to talk i've had students come in they just need a place that's quiet that want to cry that you know all that kind of stuff and it's one of the most rewarding parts of my job is getting to be that mentor that's there for those students and you know think about that and take away music that's one less teacher in the building that's one less yeah, person what, what other yeah. play, what other teacher can you go to 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 be like that that you're not afraid is gonna be judgy or or weird you, and, and maybe do you think it's because the music department deals with you know emotional things it might be for a number of reasons yeah. um philosophically i think music is at its core communication more than anything else mm -hmm. um and music as a communication allows people to open up. And when they have practice opening up through the guise of a piece of music or artistic expression, then they may feel more comfortable being open and honest in non-musical ways. That makes a whole lot of sense, yeah. Or music can help increase your confidence. And now that you're feeling more confident, now you feel like you can talk to somebody about it. Um, the arts and humanities... Uh, educate the whole child and touch on deeper subjects and deeper topics. And that's not to say that, um, for instance, um, there's an algebra teacher at my school. His name's Mr. Nick Fox. I'm going to shout him out right now. Nick, if you're listening to this, you're awesome. He has those types of relationships with students too. And he's an algebra teacher. Um, and that's great. And we know we're going to keep algebra. And Nick's going to keep making those relationships with kids and teaching them the best he can and giving them what they need, whether it's math or emotional support or moral support. And, you know, we're going to do that down in the music room and do the same. Um, and plus, music teachers, we spend a lot of time with our students. Um, we have a lot of outside rehearsal time where you guys were band kids. You know yep. <laughs> how much time you spent in that school building. Um and I know how much time I spent in that school building because yeah, I know 50% of it was in the band room. And yeah, yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I didn't want to go home to my own house. I wanted to stay at school and 
whether it was musical or band or jazz band or marching band, choir, advanced ensemble, show choir, as many things as I could do, that gave me my place. And, and yeah, just yeah. other kids not having that. Damn. That's, yeah, it's a horrifying mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Now, not to throw any anyone else under the bus, but are there programs that you think can be cut? Are there subjects or programs that you think have faded out of relevance and could be done away with? I'm very proud of my school district because we try to stay um, future ready, as the PA index talks about. But, um, for instance, we're one of the few comprehensive technical high schools in Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. So you get the full academic course load and you can also take... Uh, career and tech programs like automotive and construction, cosmetology, healthcare tech, um, entrepreneurship. The we have all of those programs too. So everything we do is, I think, valuable and geared towards that. And geared it sounds like you've that. got a trade school kind of built in, exactly. Like a primary There's, trade school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. Um, How about football? Can we get rid of football? No, we can't get rid <laughs> of football. <laughs> oh God, that's where the musicians always go. <laughs> But you know what? Hey, for some of those kids that, hey, maybe they weren't grabbed by music, but maybe they could learn something from football, too. It's just too many concussions. I Let's not get into that one today, um, but I do see the value in both the arts and all co-curricular activities that give students a chance to build that mentoring time with adults at the school that teach them skills outside of the classroom. So I would never stand up and say, cut this program instead of my music program, <laughs> I I'd, I'd say, hey, state of Pennsylvania, we're getting screwed to the tune of $13 million. And, you know, for instance, my high school is already at a teacher shortage. We already have problems scheduling classes and getting kids the courses they need and running AP courses and honors courses because we don't have the funding to hire an adequate amount of teachers to offer a diverse array of classes that will make our kids ready to be humans that can enter enter a human life as an adult you know and our kids are coming from poverty they're coming from cycles of generational poverty and they need it more than anyone because they are the ones that have parents at home who like me they couldn't care didn't care or were working so many jobs and working their butts off that they just can't find the time to fit it all in because they're trying to survive. So, yeah. you know, you can't you can't leave kids like that out in the cold. Um, the thing I always say is, I had a I had a young lady in class. Um, she was on one of our athletic teams. I, I won't get too specific, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she was on one of our athletic teams and they had been beaten very, very badly the day before by one of the private schools in the area. And she came in and she's really upset and she's really upset and she's really upset. And I'm like, okay, this girl's crying her eyes out, but it's the first time she's played this sport in ninth grade, you know? And I told her, honey, how long have you been doing this for? And she goes, ninth grade, you know, I just started this year. And I go, the girls from that school have been taking private lessons in that sport since they were four years old. They've had coaches and they've had trainers and they've gone to camps and they've been on travel teams together for years of their life. 
you're we're kind of the scrappy underdogs around here you know <laughs> we're we're small but mighty and we got a lot of spirit and regardless of what happens you know we're gonna try to keep that fighting spirit alive but it gets really hard to keep the fighting spirit alive when you see okay what are we gonna reduce now are we <laughs> literally talking about uh, like turning off the air conditioning in school to save money are we literally talking about um removing uh, like portions of um i th and I, don't quote me on this actually you know what i'm gonna skip over that one because <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to say anything that might get me in trouble um but some of the stuff that you have to look at in those dire circumstances is like wow this is really 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 bad and when you look again a couple zip codes over and you look at what those kids mm -hmm. get and and then you remember that it's not just the fact that okay they have high property values they pay a decent amount of property taxes those kids deserve that i understand that but then the state will continue almost i don't want to say matching those funds but never saying all right you guys you're doing pretty well with those property tax receipts okay we're gonna scale back a little bit to make sure that you know Pottstown has a music teacher or to make sure that Norristown has enough guidance counselors or to make sure that William Penn School District can get a school psychologist in the building um you know stuff like that our elementary schools have i think one guidance counselor that splits their time between four elementary God, schools God. in a in a population of high poverty that has a high amount That's of adverse childhood experiences yeah. you think about that these kids are teachers we do professional development on trauma-informed community care for these kids and then uh, well the state is only giving us enough for one guidance counselor for four elementary schools um, and they're currently for a lot of these bills. Okay, for the fair funding bill, there are 56 co-sponsors currently. We need 102 votes in the House to get it to pass. Almost overnight, that could help revitalize our school system and provide services to kids that need it. For the last track of the day, we present the one ambient free improvisation that we did. Ben was on drums for this one. Dave was on keys, and I played flute. This is a kind of an atypical one for us, though. We're usually very clear about starting our improvised pieces together, but we just kind of fell into this one. Dave was messing around on the keyboard, then Ben came in, then I came in. We didn't set any parameters beforehand, so we just kind of floated around in this sound world for a while and then dissolved away.
as we think about uh, what party we're going to vote for when we go to the polls, is there one that's better than others on, on education? Mm. <laughs> Again, I am an employee, and I'm not, I'm not here. And let me, I should have put this disclaimer at the beginning. None, none of the views expressed. None of the views yeah. expressed today are the views of Pottstown School District, my employer. However, I will say this, that a lot of these... A lot of these points are things that our district is advocating for, and we're signing resolutions from our school board saying we want this legislation to pass. At our school board meeting, when they said we won't cut the music program, but they also said we're going to get on buses and we're going to Harrisburg on June 12th, and there will be a rally for fair funding, and you all need to be there. If you want to keep your music program that you're so passionate about, get on these buses and come with us and take the fight to where it should be which i agree with mm -hmm. you know that's let's rally together as a community and go and say we want our representation we want to be we want to be given what what we need to ensure that our students have a fair and equitable chance at an education um you will know the people who do not support public education because they'll talk about hard work and pulling oneself up by one's bootstraps and they'll talk about welfare queens and they'll talk about people living in poverty in uh, let's say insensitive terms and those are the people that want public dollars going to for-profit corporations those are the people that want public dollars going to religious schools um, you know, it, it kind of makes you think whatever happened to the separation of church and state, but you want mm -hmm. public taxpayers to pay for religious schools, you know, um, but just in any local election, in any state election, you need to look at every candidate and look at what they support and look at all of their views from top to bottom. I'm not going to say ever that you need to vote one party ticket. Sorry if that's mildly centrist of me, but <laughs> trust you me, have to apologize in, for that. in my real life, I am not anywhere near a centrist, but in my radio life, I am, <laughs> you know, both yeah. sides. Gotcha. Um, but you can say know, re look for their principle as opposed to their party. Yeah, read, read exactly. Down on each read down and and look for people that are going to support fair funding in Pennsylvania, and aren't going to try to take dollars away. People who aren't going to try to sabotage a system and then point to it and say, "Look at how the system we sabotaged is failing. Let's sabotage it even more." Yeah, you know. Um. So that's uh, that's your spiel. That's my spiel, really. <laughs> um. In Harrisburg, June twelfth. Um, people are showing up and they're going to, they're going to be there with signs and we're going to be, you know, rallying and saying, Hey, we, we need this. We need this for the future of our state. We need this for the future of our children. Um, we can't continue being 46th in the nation in inequity between rich school districts and poor school districts. We can't let a zip code determine an educational outcome for a child. We have to start working on breaking cycles of generational poverty by allowing people to have the resources they need to lift themselves out of that situation and the biggest one of the biggest components is an education and an education where there will be mentors that can help guide them along the way and music is an integral part of that in addition to everything else amen
Yeah. Amen. One more uh, topic that I wanted to discuss. Sure, we can fairly unrelated, but we can shift not, gears. Not really. just, we're, we're just about out of time. I, just I know. Wanted I wanted to bring up this last thing. I got off my soapbox, so go ahead. You can ask me okay. anything. Um, Sarah, the uh, Sarah Murray of Silly Heart, yes, texted me randomly the other day and said, "Okay, st- uh, stay with me here. What if we <laughs> were a band that had a full chorus?" And I was like, okay, that would be great. I just don't know how we would make that profitable in any way or even doable. <laughs> how would we pay a full chorus and, and make this happen? So I thought the only thing that would be almost sort of feasible would be if we like just went around to different schools and, and wrote some songs that had chorus parts and then did sort of workshops or something like that and, and travel around to different schools. Do you think that's something that would be of interest to like have a weird indie folk band go go to your school and sing hipstery kind of it would, songs it would that... really depend on it would really depend on your kids you know um i teach in high school mm-hmm. and they are teenagers and they are <laughs> notoriously fickle so they could love the idea one week and the next week they'd be like why are we singing with this band i don't understand it you know so that's a possibility um but is it something that would be fun for kids yeah i think there are a lot of kids out there that would enjoy being a part of something bigger anytime somebody from the outside comes in it's a chance to hear another perspective Mm -hmm. it's a chance to broaden their worldview a little bit so you'd have to you'd have to think about you know where am i going what kind of school am i going into um you know, I think it could work. I think it could work, but you just have to be, you just have to be careful about picking where you go. You know, makes sense. Maybe like a maybe might work better at like a middle school kind of level mm-hmm. too, rather than a high school. Or I'm sure you could find, um, I'm sure you could find high oh. schools that have any given year the choir might be like oh yeah i'm into this like indie folk stuff and then the next year it's like well i got a choir full of metal heads and then the next year it's all about hip-hop and then the next year you know oh these kids like jazz what you know <laughs> i'm on a i'm on a hip-hop slash jazz year right now so it's actually pretty that's cool pretty decent year for yeah. for us up there but you know children those marry those two marry pretty well they do um one of the units I teach in piano class is um, the history of blues in America and how it kind of exists at the root of the American musical family tree and how so many other genres um, and forms of music specific to the United States grew out of, out of those roots that were planted by the blues. Um, one of my f- most favorite units to teach, one of the most engaging for the kids. We get to be what I call truly patriotic aka not wearing you know an american flag shirt and waving a flag and fourth of july and fireworks we're talking about our shared story and our shared american history and how we evolved to where we are today so that was always a a fun one to do if you could find any way to to loop your stuff into like whatever other things teachers might be teaching in school you could you could you could have some success interesting yeah yeah cool yeah i just wanted to get your perspective on that for sure i mean i'd volunteer my kids but that's just because i feel like i've got a really good relationship with my kids so if i said (laughs) hey it's my friend's band and we're gonna sing backgrounds yeah maybe a couple of them would grumble but most of them are 
uh, open-minded, really good sports, I'd say, here, have some choir parts. And, and they trust you. And they trust me. Clearly, and yeah. I was like, I'm not inviting some hack in. I'd be like, he has a <laughs> master's from NYU in flute performance. Where'd you get your degree from? <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, but I'd invite you to come to my school and, and give it a shot next year. And now that I get to stay the choir director, and we did win our... We did win our little fight that Ooh. we had, but Ooh. I get to stay the choir director, so for sure, we give it a pilot run. All right, we'll <laughs> we'll think about that. Definitely. Touch. All right. Well, thank you again for being here. It was uh, really fun hearing about some of the ins and outs of things that I didn't know about, um, and to you know at least have a path of, to know who to call and yeah. what bills to support. Call your like call your local representatives. Um, call Speaker of the House Mike Terzai specifically tell him get these bills on the floor and get them voted on um and i really want to appreciate you guys giving me a little chance to to do my advocacy bit because um i'm not the only one from my district who's doing it we're kind of all out there making the rounds right now and uh obviously it's something i feel passionately about and i hope others can pick up on that and maybe help me snowball from there yeah it's such it's such Mm -hmm. a uh, important issue obviously there's lots of important issues but this one just it affects such a broad swath of the population at such a foundational time in their lives that for sure yeah absolutely needs to be a priority absolutely all right thanks again thank you guys bye <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Sean and Dave make music if you like our show and have an extra 5 minutes to spare today please head over to apple podcasts and leave us a rating and a review i've been saying it every episode and i know most of you haven't done it so if you're not driving why don't you go ahead and do it right now Please also continue to spread the word with your friends and colleagues if you think they might be interested in what we do. And if you have any questions or comments or would like to submit a prompt for us to improvise off of, you can send us an email at seananddavemakemusic at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Sean and Dave Make Music. You're smart. You'll find us. And don't forget, if you care about music, if you care about education, if you care about anything, please keep these issues that Ben discussed today in mind when choosing candidates to vote for and call your representatives to let them know that it's something they need to address in a meaningful and tangible way. Thanks again. We'll see you next month.